0: Welcome to the Room of Lives, I'm your host Neil. In this last part of this conversation, we discuss our experiences in a Tantra workshop of broken people looking for healing and empowerment, and about the Guru's own need to be a Guru.
1: a tantra the dog shop with us where um, we made you dance and make some words up about like I am you know this that and, yeah. that. and uh, to many people and I think even you you were like why is this tantra you know like, yeah. Or, yeah this is not tantra yeah. um, and it seems like a stupid exercise yeah. but uh, in tantra we believe that they are the creators of our own reality right and that reality some reality is like hard truth like gravity acting on us is a hard truth you know um but most of our suffering arises out of our uh subjective realities like like uh, yeah i'm beautiful i'm talented I'm d- d- worth it, you know, yeah. and all that, okay. uh, and so these confabulations happen on that, l- 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 that l- l- level as well. Like, let's say I ask a beautiful woman l- l- to dance with me, and sh- he says n- 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 no, 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 The eye maker takes that into the sh- and, and that, that makes it to that. Oh yeah, you know, you 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 are rejected because you you, you 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 are ugly, you know. Mm-hmm. And you you are ugly because you, you 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 are not tall enough or you have a face that's like, like this or you don't have the right dress. You know, it makes up this story mm-hmm. when got in that tantra workshop especially what we try to do is replace that story with a, with another story. You know mm-hmm. that I am you know, I am mm. powerful I am I am beautiful or whatever. Mm-hmm. and then you interact with the world through this this other story like I am beautiful let's say then a person rejects you you can interpret the same reality as like oh they may be having a bad day they may be tired or you know mm-hmm. whatever it is
0: mm-hmm. uh, well, which of the two is
1: more
0: true
1: it <laughs> do that it doesn't matter which of the yeah. two is more enjoyable, or but more in empowering. Some in some cases,
0: it does actually kind of matter. Like there might be some there um, when this person reject. I understand what you're talking about, but when this person rejects you, they might have some definite reason in their mind. And if you, in your version, start thinking it's something wildly different. Then there could be some delusion or delusions creeping in. But like there are delusions of grandeur, for example, where like people refuse to believe their flaws. And if they get rejected or something, they have some kind of a theory that flat denies any deficits that they have Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And then I think it can get possibly a little bit toxic because they could start missing clues, which sometimes in some of these situations, the actual reasons are not spelled out by right. the person. So there remains a little bit of a gap. So that gap might be taken advantage of. And I've met a couple of people like that who just refuse to think that there could be something off-putting about them. There's always something wrong about the situation or the other person or whatever, where I feel like such situations are really calling for them really yeah. to wake up and realize what the yeah. real reason was. But they're just super pumped up about whoever this new version of them, the thing that is, and it's just bulldozing through life, it can go kind of to the other to extreme. The but... <laughs> um, but, I mean, in the mild line of the
1: dark, mm. I think like, most people mm. need more empowering stories. Yeah. And yes, a few people need reality <laughs> checks. Yeah. But, I mean, the ratio is like, maybe 80 to 20, or even, you know, like, more people in the, did they need empowering st- st- stories?
0: That was my experience when I went to the Tantra workshop. I felt a little bit like I didn't need as much. That's just what I felt. Right. might actually in some ways be wrong that I might be even into a deeper funk that I don't understand <laughs> how much empowerment I need. But I did kind of feel like there were a lot of people there who needed like something. I don't know like empowerment is one of them. But a lot of them seem like they have come from some like broken or traumatic past or something like that, where they were having to deal with things that I don't have to deal with. Right. Very fortunately, like, for example, the exercise that had to do with the parents. I didn't have those kinds of you know feelings towards oh, like this is Actually, I'm like pretty cool right? when it comes to a lot of these things. So. What I'm curious about is that, do you feel like the people who get drawn to those kinds of tantra practices in that population, particularly, there's a lot of people who are looking for empowerment or like, I just, I'm wondering if this tendency is overrepresented in the tantra seeking population versus the general General population. Yeah. I mean,
1: definitely the people who are attending the, the, the workshops like this are looking for healing of some type yeah. and the mainstream healing modalities have not, yeah. uh, you know, done their, um, done them the thing they want. Um, but when you start looking at the world through a trauma, yeah, this, this trauma-aware lens, I mean, I feel that that everybody has some or the other trauma, you know, yeah. it may not be, you know, your mom abused you or that abused you, yeah. but it can be something else. And it can be small. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was a toy that you loved and your fr- fr- friend broke it. You know, mm-hmm. it is a small thing. You cannot even remember now, but back then it was a huge thing mm-hmm. to you, you know, um, and then, then nobody delivered you after that. Your mm-hmm. mom was like, oh, it's a stu- 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 stupid toy. What is you know, um, Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, just. Um, and, and. As I see people, even in like high positions in life, they're functioning in all ways, do that internally the thing that drives them can be the story that, oh, I, yeah, I need to impress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need to impress people with, you know, Mm -hmm. my success. Mm -hmm. That is, God is driving them. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, they come to the tantra workshop and realize, oh, I don't have to impress anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, so who knows? I mean, yes, yeah, it is overrepresented, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I see everybody yeah, around me, as like, oh, yeah. Did they have some story driving them on whatever they're up to?
0: Mm. What is your story? Like, could you summarize?
1: Yeah. I feel like I had to earn the love. Mm. Yeah, I had to earn love by, you know. Then I was a kid, it was academic excellence. Mm. Uh, and... And that was what was expected of me. Um, as a tantra teacher, it's like, I have to help everybody. Mm-hmm. I have to help. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I they, they become worthy of love. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So to look at, okay, I enjoy learning mm-hmm. tantra. I enjoy teaching tantra. And it is also out of this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, I've actually wondered that. The I don't know if you can call it like a guru complex or something. Because normally when there's a guru, you're like, okay, this is a person from which resources flow mostly in one direction. From the guru to the, you're just like giving me resources. But if there is some kind of like a hidden drive that the guru needs to be a guru in order to feel fulfilled. Right. Then they will make a disciple out of everything that they get a chance. They're right. like, oh, let me teach you this. Right. Let me teach you that. Let me, you know, oh, you don't think there's anything wrong with you? Oh, there's a problem now. We need to, there's a big problem. <laughs> because in that situation, I'm like, fuck, I can't do my guru thing anymore. This guy doesn't need anything from me. So what can I exchange? Right in exchange for their love like i don't have anything to teach you or show you uh let me figure out this actually i think happens in a lot of cults that the leader actually like wants kind of adoration so one of the goals in the very beginning like one of the goals is to kind of like convince these people that they're kind of broken and incomplete and they can't do anything except without the power and the teachings of the guru that willing to see them as autonomous self-fulfilled beings who don't need the guru is actually threatening to the guru mm-hmm. so that can and i mean it doesn't draw everyone there are some people who will be able to see or sense this kind of stuff and they're like i don't need this guru right. but there will be some people who fit the other side of that jigsaw puzzle piece yes and then want someone to kind of Lead their life and whatever, and then some kind of a toxic dynamic can develop, which in the beginning doesn't look toxic. It actually looks like you have a, you know, guru and disciple kind of relationship, but the thorn on its side is that the guru needs the disciple in mm. order to feel like a guru. Otherwise, they have some kind of a hollowness. Like, what am I even? Or what am I yeah. doing? You know, I, I, I. So in that sense, being the guru is no longer, I mean, on the outside, they could say, I'm just doing it because I want to help you. But one of the reasons that they're doing it is because they need that. Mm -hmm. They need that. And so uh, the help is no longer happening out of an abundance of resources that I'm just sharing with you. There is actually some void inside that is like a circuitous way of filling that void by giving you something. Oh, and if you don't want it, we're going to figure out how to make you feel incomplete so that you need me, uh-huh. um, so that you stay in this thing, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if you have encountered that kind of. No, absolutely,
1: um, yeah. You know? I have. And like I said, I may have some of it as well. Hmm. Um, and uh, it is both, but, but I know that reality is more complex than I can yeah. kick it capturing the words so it is both true that um i just love learning and teaching mm. and it is true that i yes i do get the yeah, i have always gotten myself the birth out of helping others yeah, yeah, yeah and so if i stop helping
0: others what am i like, yeah, myself, yeah, yeah. like what is this you know then. yeah um I guess the differentiating, so, you know, it's, you, you are saying that it's kind of complicated and mixed. And I feel like one way to help make the critical difference between, like, the positive way of doing this and not the positive way is to see if this person does not need me, how does that make me feel? You know, like it is fine for me to want to be a helpful person and a giving person and there's nothing wrong with that. But if I feel like I need to help this person and this person doesn't seem to want any help from me, do I feel kind of bad about that? That's where I think the toxicity like creeps in a little bit. I've met like, well, I met one friend, I'm I'm not going to name her, but she and I had many conversations about this. To the point where, you know, she was kind of, or started becoming self-aware that she has this tendency that, um, she felt that she could only pick broken people or she was attracted to broken people. Right. And her purpose in that relationship was to try and heal that just fucked up broken person in some way. Um... Because then she would be relevant,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Yeah. And I, she had told me about this. She had gone through therapy and she had kind of told me about this. And um even when she was out like shopping for stuff, she would buy the, you know, you know, she, she always had the broken toy that was hers. If she went out to buy some plants, she would take the one that was looking kind of janky or whatever, you know? So she had this thing. So she was aware of this tendency within herself. Um, and she told me in words, but there was one time in which I actually saw it in action. Uh-huh. And at that time that it was actually happening, maybe she wasn't even aware that she was acting this out. Okay. But I saw it happen. Uh-huh. I, I, I saw it happen. I, um, there was another guy that I knew who she started having an interest in. And this guy was kind of broken in multiple different ways, had different addictions, trauma, weird family history. And she started becoming familiar with this guy and becoming quite excited about him. And she was telling me about this guy and certain things about him. Maybe his like drug use or the fact that he had been in rehab or something like that. And she was almost like so gleeful about it. She was like, whoa, this guy's like so broken. She wasn't saying it like that. (laughs) That But I could see from the expression on her face. I was like, wow, this is kind of like a fetish to Uh find a broken person. So that means the crucial difference here has been recognized. Like there is no problem in wanting to heal a person. But when you need that person to be broken that you have kind of like a fetish, then that can be problematic because then that person being fully healthy is not good for you. Mm. You want that person to be broken a little bit in just the way that it needs you. Need to be fixed. So if they start to overcome that and not need you, you're not going to like that. Your, your conceptual conscious mind might say, no, this is okay, but somewhere inside you're not no longer going to want that. Uh-huh. So you actually want this brokenness for them in order to get like interest so in that sense you're performing the opposite role to that of a helper you have a vested interest in them being broken to this degree right yeah and then you could do things somewhat subconsciously or unconsciously to keep them broken that way or make them more convinced that they're broken that way etc and i think like gurus do this or whatever I mean, some gurus could do it. I mean, pe- I'm just not talking about gurus. I'm saying human beings do this to some yeah, extent like, everywhere. Yeah,
1: even like you know? in a capitalistic economy or pharmaceutical industry, you know. Yeah. Like, um, it is more profitable to have a person take a up every day yeah. than, you know.
0: Yeah. So, so I feel like the litmus test that I'm talking about to ask yourself whether I'm like a real helper or I have some vested interest is to ask, is this If this person actually be, feels whole, like they do not need me at all, how would I feel about that? I think that's kind of a litmus test. And maybe you'll have an answer like, the better this person feels and the less that I feel like they need me, the better I feel for them. Uh-huh. That's one answer. And the other answer is, no, I need to continue helping this person. Or, you know, mm. if they suddenly feel like they don't need me, then yeah. I'm going to feel like, oh, where are you? No, where are you gonna yeah. go? you know <laughs> you know something like that, so I think there's like a little bit of a litmus test to know do you like really actually want their good' Whereas that's also kind of grasping from your yeah, i mean of- there definitely
1: is that in me right mm-hmm. um and part of me thinks like i mean you don't have it in humans do 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 do, do, do in ants or these things. thing they have specialized like warrior ants and Mm -hmm. gatherer ants and, you know. So somebody's role is to just fight, you know. Their role is to fight. That's their role, you know. Uh, And yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Then this urge I have to help, help, help. Yeah. Then if they don't need help, I don't know do, 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 do what else to do. It's like I'm
0: a helper ant, you know. That, that's what I've
1: gone as. <laughs> <at. laughs>
0: yeah, no, I get that idea too. Yeah, I, I get, I get it too. See, like this, this reminds me of something. I notice that a lot of the time, I, I've told you this. I kind of play the role of like a supporter mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Like, knowingly or unknowingly, these days, since I've become more interested in psychology, actually not these days, for a long time, I've just been, like, counseling people a lot Uh in my life. Just, like, listening to their problems and just trying to be a good listener. And there's some kind of a compulsive thing in me that just wants to do this Uh for other people. And a lot of the times, especially when I'm depressed and fucked up, and I feel like, okay, nobody can bear the burden of this, and I'm just going to be shut off in my world Uh by myself. I feel like fuck helping people all the time. I don't wanna be just the person who just goes out and like just just helps people. Yeah. And I don't I don't get any help or whatever. You know, I, I why do I do that? I mean, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of just being this, you know, support mechanism. But then when things start feeling better, I compulsively feel like doing right. it. And I'm like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I'm maybe I am setting some standards that are unsustainable for me to maintain. So maybe I have some part to play in this. Maybe I should reel myself in a little bit and not try to be this helpful all the time. But then I also think, man, this is actually a very rare resource on the planet. There are so many people who are hurting. There are so many people who have trauma. And I find myself in a situation where 80% of the time, I have the resources and willingness to Do help. It? Yes. Um. And that must be, that doesn't owe itself just to me. Like that owes to my ancestors and my ancestors' ancestors. What a, like an amazing set of circumstances in which I was born and my life, you know, uh, blossom that I have all those capacities right. like, I look around me most of the people are needing that yes. they're just like hungry for it I'm like wow in this economy I have all this shit and I'm thinking about just like yeah, I just need to keep it to myself because this particular argument in my head I'm like nah dude I, don't. I think it's just like that it's just I'm not taking any credit for any of that I'm just saying it's just like you said there are some concentrations of some particular resources here and some other resources there and a lot of life is about the exchange the mixing
1: you know and yeah i mean like like you said i have noticed as well that most of the times i'm the most resourced person in the room and that can be with you know my parents my tantra teacher who are like yeah even people who are yeah, higher in me in, mm. in age authority whatever I'm still the most resourced person in the room and so I find it really hard to receive because yeah. I can't receive from a person who is less resource than me and so I'm always yeah, yeah I'm always offering and I was frustrated about it like like you like oh, I help these people 10 times and then the one time I need help, you know, Mm. like they are not resourced, like always. So Mm. yeah, I have to, you know, then find my own help. Um, But yeah, I have rephrased it as, you know, like, yeah, I am the the most resourced person in the room because I'm being (laughs) fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Universe itself. Yeah, it's a great gift. It's a great (laughs) gift. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And even at the times that I become so disappointed, oh, none of these people are being able to help me, even 10% of what I help them. Even then, there is a fail-safe, which is that I can still help myself. (laughs) In those moments, I'm like, I still know how to help myself. And then I think of them like these people, a lot of them don't know. They cannot help themselves. So even in that worst-case scenario where nobody can help me, I am still in a better position. Than that. <laughs> I have fucking direct access to this resources. <laughs> I was like, Neil, what the fuck are you complaining about? <laughs> Sitting on a pile of riches and you're like, ah, oh, shit, why do I have to keep giving it to people? <laughs>
1: No, absolutely. I have the same experience. Yeah,
0: but this topic came up recently somewhat significantly because I'm... So I'm in a relationship now. It's a long-distance relationship. Her name is Prachi. She's in India. And uh, there was a period where... I know that I probably brought a lot of joy and happiness to her life. And um, it's like that giving thing. Of course, she has also given quite a bit to me. But in the middle, I went into one of my depression phases and then I just lock everyone out. So I, you know, I just don't want anyone in my universe anymore, I'm just like myself. And so that happened and I wasn't really talking to her at that time, but she said that she insists that we talk and did talk. It wasn't that helpful, but I mean, at least the part where she insisted that she talk, that felt good, like, okay, at least you wanna, do you wanna talk to me? Um, but h- however she acted in that conversation, once again, felt disappointing to me because I feel like I would have acted differently. Mm-hmm. She didn't know what to do exactly. And so it started coming up in my head. I'm like, man, Neil, it's the same story again. If you want to go into a deep relationship with someone, I feel like one of the things that I would like to do is actually put my emotional weight on them. But I can't like do it. It's not really working exactly um, so yeah it has been kind of on my mind and I don't know if it will be possible for me to just find someone that I can just put my weight on yeah. and even if I do why would that person it for that person is the same question like why do they just want to take my weight so then it has to be balanced yeah I put my weight bad. on them yeah. as much they put my weight so it has to so I have to go finding this exact person. Blah, blah, blah,
1: you know, anyway. No, I have, I, that i mm-hmm. into the same issue. So the, the, there are two issues I heard that I also face. The, 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 the One is this being the most resource person and then having this ju- judgmental mind, which, which knows what the right thing to do is. I mean, it knows, mm-hmm. it thinks it knows and it the, 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 wants the other person to act. to those standards, right? Um, Then I have high standards too, uh, but, and then when people don't need it, I judge them. Hmm. So, yeah, those two things have been a hindrance to to deeper intimacy in my my life as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's been true. Yeah, so I don't know. I...
0: I did kind of think about it in my head. I'm like, is it possible to stay in like a kind of like a deep relationship while remaining completely just self-sufficient about when I need emotional help? Is then there is some deeper part of me that is not becoming vulnerable to this person. Right. But it might have to be the case if I don't, if I can't, Yeah, you know, I don't know, you know. But I mean, there are practices to become more vulnerable. And so... What I think I can't be vulnerable or put my weight on another person about today, sometime later I might be able to do that and just see that it was a little bit of a hogwash. Like, you know you already have some idea of what those high standards are, the appropriate ways that people should be responding to. you, Or I how you will like to, to be responding. Exactly. Yeah. So, but over time, those standards might loosen.
1: Or you, and, you, you might train the, the, them to be like, hey,
0: yeah.
1: the next time I'm, I'm in this, yeah. these are the things. Yeah. That actually,
0: have... yeah, one of those thoughts that I had at, the, uh, at one of those times was, I actually wrote it down in my journal. And I wrote down, help Prachi, help me. Yes. (laughs) Meaning, not just be judgmental, like, oh, you couldn't do this. Uh But also give them a little bit more of an idea of what would be Mm -hmm. an appropriate thing. Okay, like, instead of saying, Neil, you should do this or do that, just listen to me and make space for my uh, emotions to come out. Mm. You know, and maybe that's it. You know, maybe that's it. Just do that. That's it. You know, so if they're interested, really... Maybe they don't know how to do it, but they want to help. you yeah. will remember that. So next time they just try to do it. Yeah. And even the fact that they're trying to do it makes it feel like, oh yeah, you're actually putting some effort exactly. into this. Okay.
1: Yeah, so, so for that specific thing, hmm. one formula to tell people is it's called, it's the three R's, regulate, relate, and reason. Hmm. So if somebody is emotional, we normally go to reasoning the third hour mm-hmm. yeah right away like okay what's the issue okay maybe mm-hmm. they, 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 they try, try that but in our tantra workshop this happens a lot people have freak outs in this mm-hmm. so we try to first regulate with them that can be just breathing with them holding their hands just listening to what the they have to say. And only after we feel that the nervous systems have been regulated and they, they can you know like start taking pauses in their speech and all that. Because then they are not regulated. Mm-hmm. There's no pause in a way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, things you notice to see, okay, mm-hmm. they're they, 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 they regulated now. Then you, you, you can try to relate. Like, oh yes, you know, like, yeah, I had issue like this too and you know I did you know I did this and that and then you can ask them like hey are you open to you know a suggestion and that's when the reason appears.
0: Glad you joined Pratim and me today in the Room of Lives. Take care until next time.